Hello, good afternoon. Nice to meet you. I'm Patricia, Emma and Philip's daughter. Hey, Patricia, I'm Henry. That's Brian. Hi, Patricia. Nice to meet you. Good to meet you. I'm Brian. I'm Henry. So, how do you like this view from the roof deck? Pretty spectacular. Wow, yeah, there's the window where we're staying. Yeah, Uh it's absolutely beautiful. And this roof deck what a is view. just amazing. Picturesque. Well, I must admit, when you mentioned you were in the music business, it, it gave me a reason to pause. But you don't look like these raga raga dirty musicians I see running around the place. Oh, no. you. I mean, we're very responsible individuals. You won't have to worry about us. Not like the ragamuffins or whatever you said. I... Do you have a few more showings today, though? So give me some time and I'll get back to you next week with my decision, okay? Well, that's okay. Uh, Henry, don't we have a few more viewings today as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did we mention we were going to pay in U.S. dollars also? I don't know if that plays into your decision. Oh, uh, uh, you could pay in U.S. dollars? Uh-huh. Yeah. When did you say you'd be ready to move in? We're ready. Immediately. Broadcasting live and direct from the rolling red hills on the outskirts of Kingston, Jamaica, from a magical place at the intersection of words, sound, and power. The red light is on. Your dial is set. The frequency in tune to the Rootsland podcast. Stories that are music to your ears. Patricia Huntley was born in England and moved to Kingston as a young child with her parents, Philip and Emma, our new landlords. The Huntleys were white British expats that, like many of the era, traded in ordinary middle-class English lives so they could move to Jamaica and live like royalty. Jamaica did gain independence from England in 1962. Still, it remained a member of the British Commonwealth this fuzzy neo-political Netherland that let English citizens like the Huntleys take advantage of liberal migration policies and tax laws and allow them to live in Jamaica and still get their UK pensions. Paid in full, paid in pounds. Expats like Mr. Huntley were able to make connections and build businesses through a vast old boys network that remained in power long after Jamaica's independence. For decades, not much changed for the entrenched elite class that was able to profit off the island's abundant agricultural and mineral resources. But the land started to suffer the tolls of brutal strip mining operations, and the country's economy suffered a series of economic downturns. So over the years, residents like the Huntleys decided to bail out on the island that had been so generous to them and head for the hills. Except the Huntleys already lived in the hills. So they decided to go to Miami Beach. Profits in hand, investments still paying dividends, including our $300 rent payment, due the first of the month in cash, paid in full to their daughter Patricia. With the promise of no ganja, no girls and no gangsters, we were ready for a life in the lush West Armour Height hillside and what would become the main chill spot, our large living room with an open floor plan and panoramic view of the city and the adjacent homes camouflaged in their dense foliage. Our garden was lined with hibiscus and large bottle brush trees. It was like a Disney fairy tale, with fluorescent doctor birds hovering outside enjoying the sweet nectar. They only paused to admire their reflections 
in our tinted living room windows. And this was all thanks to Tex and his grand plan to see us succeed in Kingston. And for us, success meant survival. And survival was Rude Boy Tex's specialty. He found the place, pressed us to make the call, and he's the one that told us if the Huntleys had any reservations about renting us the house, we should let them know we're paying in U.S. dollars. And we should wait till the last minute to tell them. Only if it didn't seem like they were ready to make a deal on the spot. Yo, Brian, Henry, if the woman sound like she don't want to rent into the house, make sure you tell her you can pay in U.S. dollars. Them uptown people greedy. They won't turn that down. It will seal the deal. And how was he so sure that we'd get the house in the end? He wasn't just a hardened street soldier. Tex was a better predictor of economic trends and monetary exchange rates than most of the bankers in Jamaica. One of his many hustles was running a black market currency exchange that kept him abreast of the daily bank exchange rates for all the major foreign currencies. He knew the U.S. dollar was only getting stronger. And by us offering to pay in U.S., the Huntleys would have a steady source of revenue instead of a fluctuating Jamaican dollar. Tex was right. He knew Jamaica. Patricia handed us the keys to the house the very same day, and I don't even think she asked us to sign anything. Look over there, that's Manapar. It's nice. Looks like Boca Raton, Florida. The place there. I once stopped there and paid twice the price for some things. That sounds like Boca Raton, Florida. Better off you go downtown to go shopping. Yeah, I think that's the point, Brother Nelson. I think the people who live up here are willing to pay twice as much, so they don't have to go downtown. The house looks nice, but the driveway is steep. Mcyar can't make it up there. Bro- Brother Nelson. can lift you here. Oh, no, 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 Brother Nelson, you don't have to worry about yeah, that. Yeah, this is Just fine, Brother Nelson. We'll get out here. Drop us off right over here, I guess. You sure you don't want to come up and check out the place? Very nice. Excellent view. McCansty. I have to get my youth from school. Oh, yeah, Brian, he said he had to pick up his kids. That's right. Remember, Brother Nelson, uh, if you pick up any rich tourists, give them our info. Because we have a couple extra rooms we're going to rent. And don't worry, we'll throw you a little uh, extra commission. You know how it works? We'll take care of you. We know the road code. What do you think, Brian? Oh, you know. Think we got a chance? Ah, come on, Henry. Have some faith. I mean, we're broke. We just put our last money on security deposit and rent. You know. Ja will provide the bread. Hey, you know, I think you're on... Brian, I think you're on to something. That's a great slogan for the bed and breakfast. We provide the bed. Ja provides the bread. Before even moving into Armor Heights, we already had our first two guests for what Tex called a dread and breakfast. Of course, they weren't paying. Brian's girlfriend, Sarah, came in from New Hope, Pennsylvania to add some much-needed female energy a soft-spoken organic beauty with long, wavy blonde hair and a bright smile. She was mellow and earthy and perfectly complimented Brian like matching bookends. In fact, they looked so much alike. From behind, you couldn't even tell them apart. Brian and Sarah wandering around the streets of Kingston looking like a hairband version of Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston drew stares everywhere we went. And in the days before exotic weaves and colored hair extensions were common on the island, Strangers would walk up to them and politely ask to touch their hair. And I'm sure asking politely had something to do with Stompy, our second guest. The menacing white guy dressed in all black, with a shaved head and size 12 military-issue tactical boots, who was never far away. Stompy was Brian's close friend and keyboard player from his band in Colorado. He got his nickname after being served a spiked drink at a house party in Boulder, 
where he allegedly stomped half a dozen police officers to the ground with his Doc Martens before finally being apprehended. He looked intimidating, but Stompy was a gentle giant who enjoyed the Kingston lights from a distance. He preferred a quiet night in Armour Heights with a pint of Appleton rum, a pack of Craven A's and his melodica, to the hype and drama of the city down below. But things move fast in Kingston, especially hype and drama. And it wouldn't take long for them to find their way up to Armour Heights. Shalom. This is Michael. Can I speak to Henry? I'm a reggae singer from Israel and I'm looking for a place to stay. Um, I ran into text the other day. He says you may be able to rent me a room. I need it immediately if it's available. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. Hi. May I speak with Brian or Henry? This is Claudia from Germany. I am a journalist doing a story on reggae music. I got your information from Tex. He told me that I could rent a room there and that you have a really great house. Is this possible? Hi, this is Mikey Kodak from Austria. I'm a DJ and have a sound system. Tex gave me your telephone number. He said you have a guest house. Do you have a room available? Hello, Henry. This is Kiko from Japan. Tex gave me your telephone number. He said you have a guest house and you have rooms for land. Hey there, I'm trying to reach Brian or Henry. This is Eric, a friend of Tex. He, uh, I'm here from South Africa working on a reggae project and he said I could save some money by staying at your place instead of one of those big expensive hotels. Once the phone started ringing, it never stopped. And our quiet spot in the hills became the Kingston base for dozens of reggae tourists from all over the globe. Music business people, journalists, singers, musicians, most of them very dedicated to the genre, looking to contribute to the music's international growth and brand. Others, not so much. There were selfish, self-centered, so-called artists who were all about themselves. They were traveling to the island in search of fame and fortune and willing to do anything to get it. And some of the worst and disrespectful of them all were the white reggae wannabe singers and MCs. This was a new dancehall mixtape generation that grew up on a cliff note version of the music. They knew nothing about the genre's history. Upstarts with no lyrical or musical skill set, merely drawing on the race card as a gimmick to help them jump ahead of the line. And this situation posed a conflict for us, especially Brian, who was attempting to earn his place as a legitimate reggae artist, based on his talent and not his color or nationality. Brian looked around and he was heartsick that he was somehow going to be placed in the same category as some of these other foreign reggae acts that our Rastafarian friends called culture vultures, and rightfully so. And what's more, Brian felt as if we were aiding and embedding what felt like a crime against the music by letting some of these con men and scammers stay at the house and providing them a safe haven for their destructive music sorties. But we were broke. We needed the money. Felt like we were selling out. A perfect example, DJ Derek Israel, a.k.a. DJ Ringworm, a husky white boy from the suburbs of Oakland, California, who fancied himself as the next Shaba Ranks, his favorite reggae MC, and probably the only one he ever listened to before coming to the island. We met him on Texas Corner. He was looking for a place to rent while working on his music. And I use music very generously. He looked like a young version of the actor Gary Busey and acted like an older version. He had on a XXX oversized white t-shirt to cover up a leather fanny pack 
filled with a wad of Jamaican cash and a Ziploc bag full of California Kush. Evidently, our new friend DJ Derek was the only genius that would actually bring marijuana to Jamaica. And I'm not going to knock his California pride in wanting to show off his state's sticky indigo bud to the Jamaican herbalists, but to risk jail time in two countries to do it gives you an idea of his warped sense of priorities. Yo, my yo, this is Derek from California, the DJ I told you about. He wants to rent a place. He's going to be in Kingston for a while. Yo, Brian, Henry, what's up? Hey, hey what a guan, brother Derek. Hey, what's going on, man? Nice to meet you. Welcome to Jamaica. Derek Israel, nice to meet you guys. What's happening? So you're, uh, you want to be a DJ, huh? Let, let's hear. What do, you, what, do you, what do you got there, brother? Move on, go long, move on, go long. Derek Israel, at the microphone stand. Oh, okay. Move on, go long, right, move on, go long. Derek Israel come for rock the party. Oh, no. God, no. Ooh. So what's, uh, what's the cream on your face for? What happened to your face? Yeah, bro, what's what's that on your face there? Man, this is just a little something-something I picked up the other day. It's soon gone, though. You see it? A ringworm, that. Ooh. You got it from the dirty ore at that downtown strip club. Really? From a, a prostitute? Whoa, oh, what? What, is that true? Pets, you got, man. I mean, a... Oh, hell no. You got that from a she wasn't prostitute no at a strip club? She was a dancer, yo. Is that true, Tex? What? what? <laughs> she didn't give me nothing. It was probably just the mattress or pillow at her yard. That girl was fine, fresh and clean. Yeah, you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful, Derek. But see, this is why I need to rent a place, yo. That's why you gotta hook me up with a spot, bro. Mm, I don't know, Tex. I, I mean, uh, is it safe to bring him up here? Yo, ringworm, back off and let me raise with my virgin. Yeah. Oh, word? Listen, Brian, Henry, that youth a big idiot, but a harmless idiot. And he's got a bag of money, and you're broke. So do the rascal at much and rent him a room. All right, DJ Ringworm, you can stay at our house. Yeah, I think you're going to have to hit a clinic in Halfway Tree before you come up here, man. Yeah, we're going to we're going to need a medical all clear, I think an all Yeah, clear. we're going to need a doctor's all clear on this one. Well, unfortunately, Ringworm wasn't the only one that was throwing off the zen up at Armour Heights. And since we had every white singer and DJ and MC passing through our gates, it was only a matter of time before the original white MC would find his way up to our house. The legendary pale ghost of the dance hall, the Caucasian killer, DJ Dominic. The West Kingston slums have been the battleground for decades between the PMP and JLP, the two major political parties that run the island, and use ghetto people as pawns to fight their never-ending turf war. Arnett Gardens, known as Jungle, is a PMP garrison stronghold that in the 1980s and 90s was run by the Matthews Lane Dons, Early Bird and Zeke's Phipps, and their sadistic band of killers known as the Spangler's Posse. An army of street soldiers formed to counteract the violence carried out by their rival JLP's own bloodthirsty gang, the Shower Posse, warring over politics land and the lucrative cocaine trade, where Jamaica had become a valuable middleman between the Colombian cartels and the U.S. buyers. Jungle was an area that even the police were afraid to go, and the last place in the world you'd expect to find a skinny white kid from Ladbroke Grove, London, with a crew cut and cockney accent, taking the mic at a ghetto dance. 
some hustling in a Miami on Hutton and Brooklyn. Hey, Jericho, we too need party. Madison shirt, and also not linen. They put down the road when they jokes man walking. Pure gold teeth, the jokes man flashing. Little later on when they jokes man. Dominic Kenny looked more like a member of a British New Wave 80s group like Wham or Eurasia than a dancehall MC. Yet there he was freestyling gunman lyrics on the street corners of Jungle with his pals in the Spangler's Posse. What started out as a novelty quickly became a phenomenon. And throughout the mid and late 80s, Dominic locked down dancehall and hip-hop stage shows across the world with his one-of-a-kind sense of humor and cockney-accented hardcore Jamaican toasting. Dominic earned the respect of the most fervent dancehall fans and fellow artists because of his total immersion into the dancehall lifestyle and culture. He didn't come to Jamaica and stay in a cushy hotel and commute to the studio. He moved right into the heart of the ghetto, jungle, a bloody war zone in the belly of the beast. He lived, breathed, and dominated the dancehall for years, which no other foreign artist had done before or since. But for anyone, ghetto life can be challenging and take a heavy toll. For Dominic, it was no different. In order to survive, he had to always be on alert, on the defensive. He became aggressive, gained a reputation of being difficult to deal with. The line between art and life blurred as his stage show bad boy persona bled into his real world. And he alienated himself from other performers and industry colleagues. By the 1990s, Dominic managed to burn a lot of bridges. From jungle to Rima, from Tivoli to Trenchtown, now it seemed he was setting fire to Armor Heights. Yo, stars, I'm fucked with it, go on the jungle still, and I'm old to the Spanglers, man, them. I need to crash up at your crib until things cool down. Yo, Dominic, how you always chatting about ghetto this and ghetto that, and how you hate it uptown, but you never want to leave from here? All you do is nyam off all our food. Yo, ringworm with a blood clot ask you. Mind your own bumble clot business. You can't this man, man, a gangster. You have to learn respect your elders in this biz. Elder? Is that what you call yourself? Yeah, yo, shut your mouth. has been. Or even better, I never was. You're disrespectful. You can't deal with man. These kids out here today, they don't know nothing about Dominic, bro. You done long time. You can't deal with monster blood clot, idiot. You can go curse out the bumble clot you want. It not gonna fix your career. Boy, disrespect. Okay, bro. Maybe bring some matches laying you and beat the living ringworm out of you. Hear that? Okay, bro, just try it. Gunshot, hear that, boy? Whenever you're ready, old man. Guys, guys, calm down. Come on, give us a freaking break. Our landlord said no no Jamaican death squads, you know, no Spangler shower posses, none, none of that, no. Yeah, I think she's, Patricia said something about, you know, specifically about... Uh, you know, armed gangsters or, you know, <laughs> posses and all that Ryan's stuff. right. Yeah, I think that was provision 4A, the uh, no homicidal maniac killers here, right? She wanted to keep it kind of low-key. Brian, what did we get ourselves into? Murderer! Rootsland Podcast is produced by Henry Kane Association with Vicebox Studios. Remember to like, share, and subscribe, and please support our show by downloading the Rootsland original soundtrack available on Amazon, iTunes, or wherever you purchase music. So join the Roots Gang on Rootsland. Yes, Rasta. Tell you. Tell you. Tell you. Tell you.
Henry K. Henry K. Productions. Bless up all massive. Rootslandnation.com Wear your culture. 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 Culture.